0: We can hear you fine. Call me a coward. Say that I'm not strong because I'm not like you. Go ahead and call me crazy Um. because I live in a maze. Tell me how about you. I think I live in my head. Sometimes I think that I'm dead. I have behind my youth. No, I've been losing my mind and I'm a little behind. Step aside my shoes because I've never been happy with myself. And I don't need no one feeling bad for me. Trying to offer me pity and throw jabs at me wanna give me advice and then laugh at me behind closed doors just close the door and let me be by myself it's me and myself i'm tired of living i cry here it's easy to die i want to see for myself and i know that sounds crazy to everyone else but i'm depressed as fuck stress as fuck ain't no medicine that can cure us intense and drugs i need i need extra love and that ain't even enough today ain't even enough and where the fuck is god Maybe I ain't believing enough, but today we gonna see if he's real And if he is, then I guess I'm probably going to hell Look, I ain't wanna die like this I ain't picture my life like this They don't know what it's like like this Pretending I'm happy so I can smile like this And laugh like you Sometimes I wonder if I ever act like you Could I finally fit in and maybe relax like ooh or would you feel lost without me cause honestly I think the world is better off without me and my mind spinning this is the line finished truth is I don't care how they feel about my feelings I made up my mind I'm going out like Robin Williams I guess I'm not the ordinary people of John Legend and I've been suicidal since the day I was nine shit okay the day I was nine I've been tired of being bullied Cuz stay out the fire grandma told me I should take it one day at a time and damn it look at me now fuck fuck pen running out shit Love. Just know it's a new day But if you're reading this Then it's probably too late mm. <laughs> just make sure you tell my family It's okay I'm sorry listen, late
1: I'm sorry So much you on me I don't wanna let to see another day I'm sorry But I can't stay I'm sorry So much you on me just mm. make sure you tell my family it's we okay, have
2: a, root, have a rooster sorry, now it's I end up a It's okay <laughs> You know
1: me. I don't want to you sorry, I
3: can't say, say, I'm sorry know so He's funny, know he does he's supposed to do He protects him like how My dog, Jupy, um He runs at her and she don't like it. He <laughs> But still getting some eggs and we got 20 eggs last week can less sunlight so I'm happy all right oh, i i go I with the balance i, I the hope
0: balance. you got what you wanted i hope you finally happy it's too late for you mm. They're going I out saw of the my net. mind I you don't know how the many
3: times i've tried to pray i hope you hear me goddamn it cuz i got camp. so much shit that i want to say and to you I used Just to shine now I'm all the, dark. the I remember
0: do. I used to tell you to follow your heart, but this god damn it, look at you now. Me. It's all of your fault, I could you. Maybe it's my fault. I should have paid more attention to what you've been doing. Maybe I should have been more of an influence. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that you're dead. I, f- I read your letter That's and exactly all I right. could do is have mixed feelings about it. But I'll forever be attached to you. Damn part of me feels bad for you A part of me feel like you weak and I'm mad at you And now I don't mean to be insensitive But I don't understand how we couldn't prevent this shit You took the easy way out God damn it, you did I mean, look what One you did I'm so fucking else upset else. How could you be so selfish? Nigga How could you be so selfish? Now you're gone, you done left me so helpless I wonder what God thinks I hope you're in God's place behaving yourself Yo, what the fuck you gotta say for yourself? Look, I really feel lost without you. I hate the fact you think the world is better off without you. And my mind's This is the line finish. Truth is, I don't care how you feel about my feelings. And I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm fine. Listen, I know that you can hear me. All I and need a is like a five dog minutes. Out. <laughs> I just want to reach inside the gas and put you out. She would have me I during I the whole the show. We both <laughs> I wish I could hear you now. It's your so missing? I wonder if you could do it again. Would you do it different? Tell me what death is like. Was it meant for you, brody? Did the heaven support it? Are you fucking happy now? Did you get what you wanted? Isn't this what you wanted? I feel the temperature falling And you've been suicidal back then You were not. Yeah, even back then you was not. We was living on the edge Cause stay the fire Grandma told us we should take it One day at a time And damn it, look at you now But it's a new day And if you can't hear me Then it's probably too late Fuck! Just make sure you tell my family it's okay. I'm sorry, but it's too late. I'm
1: sorry, so much way, you know me. I don't wanna live to see another day. i sorry, but I can't stay. am sorry, so much way, you know me. Just make sure you tell my family it's okay. I'm sorry, but it's too late. I'm sorry, so much way, you know me. I don't I can't stay, I'm sorry, so much weight, you know me Just make sure you tell my family it's okay, I'm sorry, it's too late, I'm sorry, so much weight, you know me I don't wanna let you seem okay, i sorry, I can't stay, I'm sorry, so much weight, you know me Just make sure you tell my family it's okay, i sorry, it's too late, I'm sorry, so much weight I don't wanna listen to see day. Sorry, but
3: I can't stay. I'm sorry.
2: So much me. Man, the temperature's dropping fast tonight. <laughs> I put the bike in the shop a week ago and I ended up kicking myself in the ass
4: worst snowfall in its history, well, raging blizzards so nice nice
2: that came weekend. in on winds
4: of up to 100 miles an hour, bringing road. death and destruction <laughs> the the to the whole region.
3: What we believe is happening, Carl, is that the president is likely to invoke the Stafford Act here. That's a... Uh procedure there was initially uh, i think in we headed back into the national disasters, and it unlocks but, funding um, from the federal it. government for fema to respond yeah. in localities that have been hardest hit in this case the possibility is that you're looking at a national uh, declaration declaration
2: ordered the u.s army to go in and
1: do
3: whatever it could sure. to help a report right. from providence
2: centers on the state of emergency declared this morning in buffalo new center's mike must- from across massachusetts uh were in places like this they were uh. in about two dozen buses and then they left from your springfield braintree and here in
3: melbourne
1: fighting critters in the front yard ever feel like you're in the front lines you buy tons of name-brand can killers that swear up and down, they'll take out the problem first spray. <laughs> well, our intel says otherwise. Forget all that. Call us, Old Colony Pest Control. Tell them that Red Revere oh, Stention. Right. We handle commercial and residential pest control needs. Take care of anything from ants, roaches, ticks, mosquitoes, rats, and more. No wildlife or termites at this time. Call us at
3: 774-400-5993, and we'll bring in the big guns.
2: America thought it was better than this. Better than
4: weaponized hate and political assassination attempts. An example to the rest of the world, blessed with a tradition of peaceful, fair elections. Then came MAGA. Violence, Mm -hmm. hatred, and cruelty replaced the old Republican party. When white nationalists, radical domestic terror groups, and QAnon crazies became the backbone of their MAGA party, millions of Republicans
2: said, enough biden won with their support country over party one last time soon
4: trump will return the worst of maga's extremist wing will dominate washington what you decide now decides what america looks like for a generation you're making a choice their america or our america
2: Brockton is proud to be the city of champions. With a rich sports history, Brockton is the hometown of boxing greats Rocky Marciano and marvelous Marvin Hagler. The city's athletic legacy continues with the success of Brockton High School sports teams. Known for athletic excellence and good sportsmanship, the VHS athletic program was selected as the number one athletic program in Massachusetts by Sports Illustrated. The school's Brockton boxers have been a longtime powerhouse in high school football. In fact, the BHS football program has been regarded as one of the most storied, successful, and dominant high school football programs of all time. The BHS boys soccer team recently won their first state championship in 2017, leading them to be ranked 7th on USA Today's list of top high school soccer teams across the country. These are just some of the many reasons why Brockton is the city of champions. Live!
1: Jane, who was
2: Don't do that
3: again. (laughs) Just let me go.
2: Listen and understand that Trump-American is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity
5: or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead.
1: Can you stop
2: it? I don't
5: know. With these weapons, I don't know.
3: Boys since one broadcasting live from the city of Champions. You are watching the booth on various networks. We are also now on Tribal. People can check us out through the link on Tribal through YouTube. I'm actually going to be pushing a lot of people to start watching the show YouTube due to the monetization. So please make sure to click subscribe if you're watching the show on YouTube. We've got to get up to a thousand, make that mark. So I got to really start pushing that. That's on my bad. I you know to YouTube. So, if you're watching on on our on our outlets, please go to YouTube. Subscribe. Make sure to watch. Um, I know you're looking and seeing my guys here. But before we get into why my guys are here this week and not next week, I think I did explain it last week. But a big thanks to last week's guests, Maggie Penny and Jamie Hodges, who were school committee for Southeastern Regional Vocational Technical High School. Um, tonight's the night. It's election night. Vote. 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 Vote, vote. I hope you vote. Um, I, it doesn't matter what your party lines are. In my book, um, as long as you vote. Things I said last week on this show that I hate is when you spend hours debating with someone. And they the one thing they say is, well, I don't vote anyway. Oh, that is that just pisses me off. Speaking so into my sponsors before we get into the show, Michael Douglas, MDB Electronics. You have a controller that needs to get fixed. If it's Hayden, send it out to him. He'll get it right back to you in 24 hours. I've been putting down some serious Call of Duty. Actually, myself and um, Travis Proctington of Austin Tech Radio, we're going to be doing a two-man co-op special recon mission that the game features on Thursday. We're going to live stream it. It's pretty, pretty badass. It's pretty badass. You, you really got to work at it. Uh, record time that people are getting. Check that out for us on Thursday night, I believe. Available now, Viana Marie's record streaming everywhere. It's personal. Check it out. Grab it up. And I believe if you reach out to her and ask for a physical copy, ask for your physical copy. Also, Tactical Target Systems, those zombie targets, if you want some of those, reach out to man, Don Robertson, TacticalTargetSystems.com. Also, I love Boston sports for our shirts, T-shirts, giveaways. Old Colony Pest Control, Carbonell, Veteran-Owned, Residential, 774-5993. That time of the year, you got to get rid of pests. And, you know, I had to reach out to you. Now, before we get into the news booth, I got my guys on. It is election night. Um, numbers will be coming in. But the main areas really won't be coming out until later in the night, the ones are watching. So try on some of these. Massachusetts, we'll probably call it before we get off the air tonight. We'll probably kind of definitely know that in Massachusetts, but as you move, move further out to the West Coast, um, we're not going to know. I think Pennsylvania is one on the East Coast, so we're kind of keeping an eye on. We'll try to touch base on that. But my guys, who are usually here on first Tuesdays, um, election night fell on the 8th this year, not the first Tuesday. So my guys, we decided to. Have them on for the 8th for election night, so we can kind of break down some things. But also, the guys are going to be on tonight. Also, we're going to talk a little football tonight. you guys came on to kick off the NFL season. Election night also falls at the halfway point this year because we have we have that extra week of football now. So, um, let my guys introduce themselves. I'm going to start with Ken Diesel up in the top. Let him know.
5: Hello, everyone. It's Ken Diesel. Glad to be back. Hope everyone's staying safe and warm.
3: We're down below getting ready to make that drive up here this weekend. Um, nice if we bring some more of that uh, floor of the weather to us. A little bit warmer for another couple of weeks. It was nice having the 70 up here.
4: So. Yeah, I'm going to get there in time for the cold spell. Too bad you guys can't just take the hurricane. I'll have to follow that on the way up, too.
3: <laughs> and, you know, we got a good show planned for you guys tonight. We've got a ton of people already in the chat Dennis Donahue, Ron Drago. Um, and our squid is on here. They're not going to be on the air this weekend, but the Friday the 11th is Veterans Day. So thank you to all the veterans out there. Thank you for the support um, and everything that you've done for this country. Like I said, I got a, I got a big, big veteran support with this show from Mouski, Dennis Donneau, Ron Drago. It's got a ton of them. Uh, Tom McGinty's in the chat. What's up, Tom? What's up, Dave Haggerty? V. Marie's in the chat. Checking out the show. Now we're going to get into it. We're going to get right into the news booth here in Mansfield Station. Uh, the Mansfield P Station is going to have service start. Blue Apple Bus will take over with a direct run Logan Airport from Mansfield Station. Apple Bus. I see this. If this takes off, a hit. It's going to last long. Passport will buy this up. This will be Mansfield. Logan, because Massport buys them all up, makes them off as a thing. Speaking of veterans, this past Saturday, I went to an event called the I Got Your Six, IGY6 fundraiser, Travis Projecton, host of Oscar Mike Radio and Amber Smith. What this does is an event where they take shelter dogs from Texas, they train them and raise them, and then they give them to veterans who are suffering from PTSD and suicidal uh, situations they partner these dogs up with these veterans and it helps change their lives. This year they were looking to um, get four support dogs for four veterans this year. Last year they were able to get two. This year they were raising enough money to try to get four dogs and two of the guys who received dogs last year, one of them is now employed by the VA and this person is now I believe all is is a person who oversees others in the same situation that he and he speaks with them and helps them get their lives on track and things of that sort. Um, also, in the news booth, not everything's racial, people. Uh, this young woman here brought up an issue over a class school photo. She claimed her daughter was racially segregated in the picture. Look, I deal with this stuff in sports. The company who does this around the country, Life Touch, they, they put the kids by height. Always been by height, it always will be by height. Her daughter is tall, obviously tall in the picture, and the majority of the black kids in the picture are also tall. Um, to claim and stir up all these people over race is just wrong. Um, Life Touch has a thing that they guidelines that they do. That day was a training session, and it, it bothers me. I get it. We do have some racial things going on in this country right now, but not everything. Has to be attached racial segregation or a racial issue. And I'm gonna let you guys just chime. In. There's a lot of stuff going on. My both my guys are, are, are you know Jewish and we've got this whole anti-Semitism thing that's going out there. And you know not everything is anti-Semitic. You gotta you gotta, you gotta be smart and pick and choose when you want to have these battles and not look stupid. Let R-squared um, go off on it.
4: You know, the the one thing I would say about it is, you know, I, I I don't condone any kind of bias, you know, whatever the demographic grouping is or any, whatever it is, you, you know, kindness is, is king and, and I don't support bias and prejudice and all that. But there's a difference in how we react to it. And so my view is I don't like this cancel culture thing. And I realize that's become more of a social media thing than a reality. Uh, but the idea is, that a lot of times when people say something that is inappropriate, it's just inappropriate and they could be told that and warned and maybe learn from it, maybe even sincerely apologize for it because some people make mistakes. We learn by doing and interacting and making mistakes and hoping that somebody takes a second to correct us if if we make a mistake. Now, if somebody says something completely horrific, well, that's different, right? Then they know better, they're doing it on purpose, uh, you know, and, and we can treat it in more harsh ways. But most of the time, it's not intentional. And so let's just get over it. Let's make it, you know, mention it to the person and move on. Ken?
5: You know, a good friend of our show, since when you remember him, my, my cause roommate, Lieutenant Colonel John Dix from the Air Force, retired, once had this very famous comment at the Air Force. He was talking about something happened in the Air Force, something happened to him. He says, for every action in the Air Force, there's an unequal opposite overreaction. And I think that's what we're getting now today, and I, I want to parrot what Rob said. You know, make a mistake, fix it, move on. But you don't need to go into this hella balloon. I think that's exactly what happened, uh, and I think it's exactly what we're happening on both sides of the political aisle, if I may add. Everyone's turning everything into a major crisis. When I, when we, when you and I were growing up, since the one when Rob was growing up. You know, if someone screwed up nine times out of 10, you took them aside quietly and said, hey, you may not realize what you did, but let me explain to you why it's so offensive. You may not even realize you're doing it, but this is why it's offensive. Maybe you want to think twice by doing that again. And then you would hopefully learn your lesson and you'd move on. And if you didn't, you were a knucklehead and you got smacked around the next time and you deserved it. But I would agree. I mean, everything, you know, you know, I can't turn around without everything being a four-alarm crisis. And if I may digress one second, I my agency oversees me something called the Committee for Public Counsel Services, or CPCS. And we are required to take mandatory trainings on how to deal with our clientele. And some of these trainings are really important. Like how do you deal with mentally ill clients? How do you deal with clients who may be accused of a crime, but are also victims of abuse themselves or have a substance abuse issue? How do you deal with that? Because it's the way, a lot of times the way you interact with them affects your ability to represent them. And I'm all for that because I live a pretty comfortable life. I've got great friends, which I, I count both you, Sister one, and Rob. But a lot of these people are isolated and alone, and they just you know can't communicate the way someone normally was, and you got to figure out a way to do that. Okay, that's fine. That's great. But we have been getting the most inane training uh bulletins that's what they're called they're written things about, about everything i mean you know first of all it was the, the gender issues you know people who don't want to identify as male or female they're non-binary okay fine i don't give a shit i'll call anyone who, you know and they give a lot it's like i'll call you by whatever <laughs> name you choose if you want to be you want to be called mx henderson fine i'll do that you know that's your right but now we've gotten to the point, now we've got to be acutely aware, people are confused about their gender, about, no, I will treat you with respect. You're entitled to that. Remember, who you are, I will always treat you with respect. Race, creed, color, national origin, gender identification, non-binary, rich, poor, I don't care. You're entitled to respect. But you know, it's getting to the point now where I literally can't walk out my office door without having to worry about the new way I've got to deal with people
3: you know and I'll get well, up my, well, so my i i horse. i i i was pissed at this story because i'm a black male and you know i i i try to be middle of the road and fair and it's it's tough because right now the climate that we have in this country it doesn't seem like you can be the middle of the road person you either got to be far left or far right or else everybody comes at you regardless and it's funny because i saw this story and this story pissed me off because they were out there on social media. they were agreeing with this woman and I'm like, it's not, you know, how it's done, it's always been done. And then the other story why I thought about you guys, and you guys, you know, Rob's a military guy, Ken is a historian, he loves history. He was a young autistic kid, years old in California, he went to school. Um, they had a day for Halloween. This young kid decided to go to school, he dressed up as a soldier. The problem is is that 98% of the people who were at the school doesn't know the difference between a Nazi soldier and East Berlin soldier during the period. So he came to school. He was dressed up in this East Berlin uniform. He was doing the high-stepping, and now the principal has been fired from the school. Um, They were looking at getting ready to expel this kid, but it's artistic. My thing is, is number one. Why didn't the parents let him know that this might be something? A lot of people don't know their history. And the thing is, is that the high stepping that we see all these Nazi videos, Nazis weren't the only ones over in in Germany and Europe that was doing the high stepping form of marching. Ken, you're the historian guy. Please educate these people the difference between the Nazi soldier and the East Berlin Iron Curtain soldier.
5: Okay. Let's start off with what we call high stepping, what you're calling is a goose step. And actually, if you want to go back for the historical reference, it was developed by the Prussian military prior to World War One. So the German the German goose step has been used since the 1890s, right after the the uh, Franco-Prussian War, and it was designed as sort of theater to show how 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 the German soldiers could walk in formation, very difficult and still keep their discipline. Uh, it has no practical. An East German soldier, or to use the uh, the uh, the official term of East Germany, the the German Democratic Republic or GDR, that's what it was officially called. It was never called East Germany by the Germans. Germany, okay. Deutschland. Uh, Rob, you're gonna have to tell me the German here, because your German is better than mine. Was <laughs> an army. Was an army founded, and they were you know very professional not exactly the most nice people, but they had nothing to do with the Nazis. The East Germans were communists, very proud of that fact, by the way, and they were hunted down and exterminated by the Nazis during World War II. So this suggests that the East German military and the Nazi regime, that's about as far away as you can get from, from uh, the thing. Now, the important thing is to understand that the Wehrmacht during World War II was not a party office. The Nazis had a private army called the SS, the Schutzstaffel, and their armed branch was known as the Waffen SS, and that was the party army. And there was also the German Wehrmacht, which committed war crimes. Don't misunderstand me, but let's let's talk about what it was. So, long road, small farm. There is nothing in common with the with the Nazi regime and the East German army, for the possible exception. I'll give them one. But after World War II, there probably were officers in the DGR Army that had served in the German Army during World War II.
3: I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. Ask with anything to add to that, because it, it, it upset me. It upset me that, you know, that, that that this kid and the principal, the principal's been fired um, because the principal knew his history, and he said he, he was honest. He's like, I don't see what the uprising and why people were upset because it has nothing to do with nazis and they 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 still fired this guy i'm i was upset by that i swear
4: no i i agree there's nothing east german west german has nothing to do with prejudice that obviously you have cold war that's a cold war implication it has nothing right. to do with prejudice
3: so a people beginning i know you're watching the show here we try to educate people. I'm always telling people to do their homework. I've got people now throwing that back in my face when they're happy about it. <laughs> but it's it's whatever. Um, Associated Press Senate results right now, 35 Democrats. As number. as Getting into this next topic. One winner. All of us three right here. We're all back to work. <laughs> Powerball was hit by one person in California. Two point four billion dollars to one person, a group of people, one person. Um, nice to dream. Ken, go ahead. I just want I want to put on the record
5: now that I it's clearly that this, this is this is mass lottery fraud because I didn't win. I mean, I saw them num- that my numbers were in in the buckets or buckets of balls with bamboo. I'm calling on the. The, uh, the courts to invalidate the lottery and begin a complete investigation concerning this.
3: Are, are you going to go down the um, Granite Street and storm the lottery commission? Okay.
5: I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my <laughs> militia together. I'm calling on all my brother brothers to get me on arm. Stop the steal.
3: <laughs> and it's funny too because the glitch that happened that delayed the winning numbers, California. <laughs> so yeah, the right. winner came out of California in the glitch. So people are already screaming conspiracy on this one. Um, they're they're already pissed. So we'll see. Uh, legal booth, gotta get into this. I got some legal questions for these guys. First of all, You guys didn't hear the story. Um, Elon Musk, when he brought Twitter and finalized the deal, he laid off fifteen hundred workers. Laid them off by email. Now I'm a manager. I've been a manager for a while. And I do know that in this state, you fire somebody. There's a legal way to do it. You see people get fired on TV, in movies, and stuff. And you say to yourself, if you're a management, you're like, you can't never do. You can never do that. Your you're, you're lawsuit. You're gonna pay this person. There's a legal way to fire someone. And right now, Musk is in trouble for these paid off by email, and. Um, But the lawyer is now saying that Musk has realized his actions. He's now working with them to give these people severance pay. But a lot of people don't know this because there are people who are fired in the public eye. You know, and and it happens to a lot of these teenage kids who are working jobs and managers who don't know anything. Um, I'll let you guys chime in because there is kind of a legal way that you're supposed to fire somebody behind closed doors. Inform them of their rights, their employee rights you're supposed to make sure that their pay and their sick time and all that stuff is given to them. I'll let you guys just chime in on that. Start with R-squared, if he has anything to add, because I know you you teach your students about all these different things.
4: Yeah, look, when it comes to that, every state has its own law, and there's probably a lot of similarity, but there'll be a few things that are going to be different from California, you know, compared to Massachusetts or Florida or any other place our listeners might be. But yes, there are certain procedures, there are certain rights involved and you know, whether or not you owe people certain benefits or uh, notice, uh, You know that type of thing. He has every right to fire them. It's just having to give them certain notice and, and, and what they're entitled to is the issue. I think the bigger story is not that he's firing them because who cares, he's gonna fire them anyway. Uh, the issue is why is he doing that and why did he do it right before the election?
3: Right, and and my other thing is, is when do we keep taking his autism as an excuse for a reason for his his outbreaks? It's not an Ken, Ken's it's, not it's not an excuse. Kids going diesel.
4: It's <laughs> not an excuse. Kids going. Oh,
3: his face is red. Kid, go ahead. I am expecting a full diesel moment here. No,
5: <laughs> oh, no, I can hold it. Rob, Rob should be given an opportunity to complete his answer. So go ahead, Rob. I, I can No, hold I, it I in. said
4: it's not. It has nothing to do with autism.
5: All right, now listen up, people, and listen good. Because I'm going to say this goddamn once. There are almost no mental illnesses. There are a few, and I'll get to them in a second, that cause you to lose absolute and total control of your cognitive abilities. So stop bleeping, bleep blaming mental illness or a physical impairment for you saying and doing stupid things. Unless Elon Musk is suffering from both paranoid schizophrenia and Tourette's at the same freaking time, which is theoretically possible, although unlikely, no, he screwed up. Now, look, as Rob said, all states have different laws regarding termination. So I'm gonna apply Massachusetts laws of termination only because that's what I know. And there are reasons why you have an HR department that is experts in handling this. One of the things in Massachusetts is that it's not a good idea to fire someone publicly. As, as since what I believe you insinuated, you bring them into closed doors because if you fire them publicly, you can be brought up on an issues of defamation, libel, and slander, especially if you do it through email. And also the tort of either negligent or intentional infliction of emotional distress by public humiliation, not to mention the loss of business reputation. OK, the other reason is if you're firing them for cause, you have to write in Massachusetts, you have to list all the reasons for cause so they can dispute it. They don't even understand. Just because they're disputing doesn't mean you have to rehire them. But they have the right to put down saying, no, I didn't steal anything. No, I wasn't acting inappropriate to my fellow employees. No, I wasn't having a hostile work environment. So you document that. You don't. That's why you don't fire people over email. And apparently, also, Elon Musk is also trying to hire some of those people back, too, which is kind of funny. Which yeah, is not really I other <laughs> but I swear to God, if I see one more person blaming mental illness for being stupid, I'm going to lose my everlasting bleep. Because I deal with mentally ill clients all the time. And they say and do stupid things. and They blame their mental illness. No, no, no. No, your PTSD didn't cause you to be stupid. Now, sometimes PTSD will manifest itself in inappropriate behavior in certain circumstances. And I'm not trying to belittle that. But it's not going to cause someone to go out there and massively fire 20 people over Twitter or email or IM or whatever. Sorry, doesn't happen. And I remember since when you and I had a conversation many, many years ago, I don't know if you remember, you had a friend who was suffering from PS- PTSD and was suffering from audio and visual hallucinations. And one of the coping mechanisms they gave him was actually to touch the person he was talking to to make sure they were real. The only problem is some of the people got, got offended because they thought they were being assaulted. That was a very, very interesting comment to make. So that's a real mental illness. And that's what a real mental illness looks like.
3: Maggie Penny's in the chat, is autism is not a mental illness. Our, our mental. Yep, that's what Ken was just mentioning. Um, she's actually actually running for
5: autism is classified both as a neurological disorder and a mental illness. It can be because it deals with cognitive abilities, so it Mm -hmm. can be classified as a mental illness, but she is right. It's a neurological impairment. She is correct. It is a neurological impairment as opposed to a psychological one, but it is classified as a mental illness because it has, has what we call secondary effects of affecting your cognitive ability but she is hey, correct. She it is primarily a neurological disorder. You are correct. I am I well, to <laughs> specify that. It's primary neurological disorder. You're right for bringing that up.
3: Okay. All right. And then Dennis... Um, yeah, he, she cleared it up. Um, let me get into the next one. When, when are we got that in? Um, Orioles. I guess applaud Orioles. Oriole makers. Mondelez International polls. They're advertising from Twitter. I will have a cookie drink to that tonight, please. Also, Elon Musk doubled down on his promise. to The banks, he will raise more money from Twitter. Here's the thing that I want to mention is because on this show, I talked about how he wasn't liquid enough to purchase Twitter out of pocket. He didn't have enough. He had to get financial backers, and then he has to answer these backers. One of those financial backers is J.P. Morgan Chase, who also owns part of the Tesla stock. Here's why everybody is watching what is happening, all these financial people, and why he's thinking about doubling the price of the blue check mark for, for celebrities. If he defaults on the loans to these people, they're gonna take his other assets. AKA Tesla, aka SpaceX, all of this stuff is gonna go bye-bye. You need to understand that this is a business. He wasn't liquid enough to pay the $44 billion for Twitter. So when people say he's buying Twitter and he's taking everything over and he's doing what he wants, no, he doesn't. He can't because he has the answer to a board. And R-squared, you know about this. I just want you to kind of chime in real quick on this one because you know, a lot of people thought he could buy this and do whatever he wants and not realize that he has financial backers and investors to answer to at the, end of the day. And they want their money. They want a profit. You
4: know, both things are true he obviously has to answer to his investors I don't know what he put up as collateral but he obviously put something up as collateral uh, whether he gave up certain controlling interest in Twitter as part of the deal or what his role is with the board there are a lot of different you know a lot of different things can can be true that he's not the absolute uh you know King that can do anything he wants without reporting to the board or without reporting to uh, other you know other stakeholders. That's certainly true. At the same time, he's clearly the senior investor, the senior stakeholder. He's got himself the title. And so he does have a considerable amount of authority, even though he's not completely unlimited in what he can do. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is his company, and he's going to be able to do just about anything he wants unless they, you know, everybody, you know, stands up against him in an effective way, but realistically, the way that he does business, he definitely has controlling interest and, and there isn't going to be a lot that they can limit him from doing. Now he has to follow the law. That's for sure. So there, you know, there's law that applies to securities where he owes his stockholders uh, and and stakeholders, certain information. He can't violate that. Obviously employment law, he can't violate, you know, there's, so it's not like he could just do absolutely anything, but when it comes to decision-making, he's in a pretty good driver's seat.
3: So, they, so, if he's if they keep bleeding money as they are, because right now they're bleeding money, is, is there at any time those shareholders, even though he's the majority stakeholder, is there any time that those minority shareholders can get together and say, "Hey, we're losing way too much. Money. Not going to be able to pay us back."
4: I'm not privy to the corporate documents, and I'm not privy to uh, his investor scheme to know what the financial stake right. would be where that would happen. I would say this. Now, obviously, he's got some some time frame for adjustment to see what whether the company turns around. It's not just, you know, one day or one week. The interesting thing is, you know, right now, a lot of advertisers pulled because they didn't know what he was going to do with the company. And so they're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what changes he actually makes and whether they still want to be advertisers on Twitter or not. And the same thing with users. There are users who have suspended their Twitter accounts because they don't know if they want to remain on Twitter. At the same time, there will be people who flock to Twitter because he bought it, You know, people who think a different way. So at the end of the day, a month from now, we'll, we'll have a better sense of what his changes are going to be, whether or not that in, impacts uh, advertising or other investment, uh, and to see what direction he takes. I will say for the record, I have never had a Twitter account, and I don't plan to get one in the moment. And your opinion? Well, I want to second what what Rob said. He's
5: absolutely correct. Here's the other thing that most people don't know. Twitter's never made any money. It's been a giant sinkhole financially uh, and it's getting worse. As Rob said, we're not privy to the financial documents. We don't know what's actually going on. He is technically in control, but he does answer to a board as you said. I think there's much ado about nothing. I think Twitter, Twitter like Facebook has always been a lot lot more shadow than substance. Neither one of these people has made a lot of money off of it. And I think actually uh, Elon Musk maybe shot himself in the foot because he's going to in a financial black hole that I don't think he's ever going to get out of because even if his uh, advertisers don't leave, and a lot of them are, I don't think there's enough money to support it. So he may have just bought them, you know, the old Jack of the Beanstalk, reference he bought himself a bag of beans
3: which are worthless a lot of business a lot of business advisors are saying that this was just an egotistical purchase there was really no real reason his financial guys told him not to buy twitter they they felt this was just more of an ego impulse buy and this could be dangerous for him he didn't buy it as an
4: investment let's be clear about that yeah yeah
3: yeah exactly 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 um, let's get into the entertainment booth. It's really quick on this entertainment booth. Black Panther opens this weekend. Part two, Honda Forever. That's all I gotta say. Got to go see it this weekend. I can't wait. And with this, film. be off of social media for three days because I don't want these knuckleheads ruining it. <laughs> Getting into the sports booth. We've got a lot to talk about. The guys are on here. We actually broke down the season when it began. Um, We gave our picks as to who we thought was going to be where and when. We're at the halfway point. This weekend, the Patriots beat up on the Indianapolis Colts 23 at Gillette. Uh, Bill Belichick is now 18 games away from passing Mike Shula for coach of all time. He also cost another coach his job. Cost putting quotes around it because we know that usually when coaches are on that hot seat if you got the Patriots coming up most GMs or owners are going to say okay if you can beat the Patriots maybe we can let you keep your car. Frank White was the coach of the Colts measuring stick was to come into Gillette and maybe beat these Patriots or at least put up a fight that game was going into second quarter the Colts had minus five yards of offense on the ground. Uh, the Patriots had a historical day, as you guys see here. Jordan and Uche, the defense, had nine takeaways. Nine, well, they had nine sacks and one pick six. A historic day. Jeff Saturday is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. You guys don't remember who Jeff Saturday was. He was one of um, Kate Manning's favorite linemen out there in Indianapolis. Jeff Saturday, uh, he knows... About oh, offense, he knows about being a coach, um, and it, it's it's great stuff to see. Um, also, the Jets upset the Bills twenty to seventeen. But my problem is is the way that the Jets celebrated at the end of this game in Buffalo. Look, I get it, you upset Buffalo, but to run out in the middle of the field on their logo and make snow angels and stuff. Look, you got these guys. Week's eleventh these guys and right now the AFC East now a close race. It's it's anybody's game and I've got something to add to this as we get into it. What are you guys thoughts on this? Because I, I, It's great. It was great that the Jets upset the Bills. I was happy but the way this season is going throughout the league, we already said it was going to be a dogfight for most most divisions. To act this way after winning, Robert Salah should have, I hope he lit these guys up in the locker room after um, Ken, I'll let you chime on that.
5: Look, every team, every player that has done that, they ends up biting them in the ass. That is like the kiss of death. You just don't do that on another team's logo, win, lose, or draw. Don't. Because that's just asking for the football gods to come down and destroy you. Look, you want to dance in the end zone, you want to give yourself high five for knocking off Buffalo when you've been the joke of the league for so many years, knock yourself up, But
4: that whole logo thing?
5: No, that's
4: not that's good. Mid? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I guess you'd have to just understand the Jets aren't used to winning, so they don't know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, I, 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 I do think, you know, by the way, some of that is true. I said it as a joke, but some of that's true because you do have players that Maybe let their emotions get the best of them. Their immaturity took over. I mean, there is some truth to it as well. But, you know, when you're not used to reacting in a situation. But I do hope, like you said, I think the coach should have chewed them all out in the locker room afterwards because you don't do that. Um, It Ah. it never works out. Like Ken said, it's uh, first of all, it's just disgraceful behavior. That's not what professionals. I mean, that's why they're called professional athletes, not just because they get a paycheck, but they're supposed to be professional. And you know, quite frankly, I, I disagree. You, you, we, we've had this disagreement on the air before. I completely disagree with all the dancing and all that bullshit that that happens, you know, on the field. It's gotcha. silly, you know. After every play, somebody's dancing. Look, you want to high, f- you make a big play, you want to high five, you want to do a slap, you want to. I, I get it. You're allowed to have some some celebration, but all this nonsense that, you know, it's, it's, it's not the game. It's not professional. It's not a good role model for kids. And and that's what everybody's making money off of these days. So we, we, I know no, I didn't want to open up a can of worms, but I don't no, no, you know because the one disagreement, you, to that.
3: you know, the one that's getting me right now that I'm starting to get aggravated about when defenses either get an interception or they recover a fumble. And then the whole entire defensive squad, because they got these cameras in the end zone now. So now the defense has run all the way to the end of the end zone for this group, whatever. And I get it. You're coming off the field anyway. But still, I feel like, okay, but you're still down by 15 points. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It agree. I agree.
5: You know, you 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 force a fumble, you recover a pick, kill a pick, right? You want to go to the sideline and have it, you know, knock helmets together, give high fives, slap on the ass, great, absolutely great play. That's what you should do, but do it on the sidelines and do it among your boys. Don't run into the end zone. Don't turn into a you know. The problem is everybody is creating their own personal highlight reels for TikTok, for Facebook, for whatever.
3: That's the and that's problem. What they do that's it's the problem. Maddened. It's bringing, yep, They're it's bringing the money. Yep, it's bringing the money in, and that the TikToks, all that stuff. Um, also, is the injury to Josh Allen? They have not said. Possible injury is possibly a torn, lateral um CP. I forget what the last two <laughs> words are, but it's a it's a tendon in his throwing elbow that might be torn. Um, if you guys what if you guys had watched the game and you saw it after he took that sack and hit the ground hard, um, he went to make a pass on that next play and it was a horrendous pass. It went like out of the it, out of the sideline. It was just a horrible pass. And then you seen him? You seen him grab his arm? Um, you definitely knew something was wrong. Um, the Bills are real quiet. And guess what, people? If Josh Allen is hurt, this is potential for Miami, Jets, and the Dolphins. I mean, Miami, Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots to kind of steal a win away. The Patriots have two games against Buffalo. I had them getting swept by Buffalo this year. But if Josh Allen is injured, that changes every matchup coming up in the AFC East. That makes the AFC East a dogfight right now. But we're going to get into this. We're going to be putting up the um, the stats and conference standings real quick. But here's another one, too, that pissed me off. This was a weekend of the of NFL pissing me off weekend. Sean McVay, Sean McVay, the Rams, they had Tom Brady. You had him. And if if I had to, I would bring up that old interview with um, Dennis Green. He let him off the hook. (laughs) You could have used that. You don't. We're all three of us here. We've never coached football. We've never played professional football. As football fans, we all three here can say that you never give Tom Brady 44 seconds in the fourth quarter to end the game. Sean McVay, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't – and at least he – and I saw his press conference. He took the hit on the chin. He took full blame. But it wasn't even just 44 seconds. It was the fact that the defense – allowed Tom Brady to throw these dump passes off to the guys on the, the wide receivers who were close to the sideline so they could get out of bounds and stop the clock. I, I don't know. Were you guys able to catch this game? I, I was just like this, like 44 seconds. Are you serious? Some things you don't do. I squared.
4: Yeah. You know, obviously hindsight, 2020, 20, 44 seconds may not have seemed like a long enough time, but it always is. And, You know, that's, that's, you got to think long-term.
3: And Diesel?
5: Yeah. I mean, how many
4: times do you have to be burned
5: by Tom Brady or Josh Allen or any, or Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes to understand you got to play four quarter football. You got to play down to the triple zeros. If you give these, these top talent quarterbacks, that kind of time, they're going to burn you like you were a skate that you were sundi, uh that you were skateboarding across the moon. Okay. Just how many times? All I got to say is 28 to 3.
4: Okay. Yeah, and, and, and what and, I was and, gonna say is, yep. you know, with long term is I agree with what I heard on the pregame, um, which was the loser of this game has very little chance of making the playoffs. The winner of the game has some chance of making the playoffs. The Rams are the defending Super Bowl champion. There is a Super Bowl curse, some people think. I think they should be much more competitive this year. They didn't lose that many players, uh, and they're playing absolutely poor quality football, losing games that they should be winning. And so giving a game like this away, when realistically their playoff hopes were, were riding on it, that that's just bad all around. I mean, it's not just the coach who made that decision late in the game. The whole team didn't execute very well, especially the offense, and they've been struggling all season that way. So they don't look like the Super Bowl champion Rams, that's for sure. And but, you know, he, Tampa Bay, if they want to be back in the Super Bowl, they need to be a little bit more consistent. Although they're obviously more in the driver's seat than the Rams are right now.
3: I've been watching a lot of football, and and in and, and defense of Sean McVay, is another topic that we could talk about for a whole nother hour. That's going head coaches. And let's just say Las Vegas, Josh McDaniels head coach. um, His job is safe after losing a 17 point lead to the Jags. And there were a lot of things that have come up about Josh McDaniels and these losses and, and this loss with the Rams. The NFL right now has these head coaches making decisions based on but they now have in the NFL is called the analytics chart. So it looks like about two or three years ago, the NFL submitted this analytics chart that all the head coaches are supposed to kind of follow, kind of watch and whatever. I don't agree with it. I think you'd let coaches be coaches. This whole thing now about, and, you, and now you're starting to hear these guys who are calling the games, talk about this whole analytics thing killing the coaches in the NFL, making bad decisions. I don't know if you guys have caught this conversation popping up during these games where they're losing close games. A few weeks ago, Josh McDaniels got crucified for going forward on fourth down, and Troy Aikman brought this up and says, well, this coaching analytic thing that the NFL pushed on these coaches got some guys kind of making bad decisions because they're following the analytics that's being given to them. I just don't get it. I mean, you're in the military, and I get it. You get your you get your analytics on what could be a great offensive strike. But sometimes you have like a General Schwarzkopf who doesn't care about analytics, and he could put together the greatest offensive strike ever. I mean, does analytics always work, Rob?
4: No, no it's a system it's a way to you know you use formulas analytics like any formula is a way to help you frame a decision to help you work through options and and evaluate your options it should never be the actual reason you make a decision it's it's everything that you know and if you're given leadership in any capacity on the football field especially it comes down to you what do you think trust your gut. What, who has momentum? It's not just analytics. Who has momentum? What player has there been a player that's been effective? Is there a particularly weak spot on on the other side that you pretty certain you can get a yard against or something? It it all comes down to your assessment of that game for four quarters and for the last minute or two to, to, you know, suggest a momentum or or some kind of option. It's, it's, I I don't, I don't get the the scrutiny. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you can't blame anybody but yourself who called that play. Who made the decision to go on fourth down versus punt? Who made the decision to, to do whatever? That's that's the responsibility. If you don't want the responsibility, don't take the job. But don't blame some formula either.
3: Well, the the, the feeling that I get is that the NFL's kind of pushed this on coaches. I don't know they if it's
4: push true. them to use it, but at the end of the day, who made the decision to go on fourth down? Not the analytics formula, the 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 you know, the coach. So Ken? Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I
5: think Rob hit it on the the uh, nail on the head. Analytics are supposed to be a tool to help you make a better decision. It is not the decision itself. This is no different than watching film or studying uh, tendencies of other teams, stuff like that. These are mere tools to victory. But in the end, the head coach has got to make a decision. What, what he, well, there may be a she one day. I don't know. Don't be discriminatory here. And um, what what decision is to be? There are times where analytics may say, you know, analytics say, percentage wise, this you should go for it on fourth down in a short yard situation if you're in opposing territory. But you may say, no, I don't. I'm not feeling it. This is not a good time. I'd rather kick it, sh- uh, kick it, nail him. You know. Nail them inside the inside the five. Get my defense on the field. It's been playing lights out. Make them you know pressure, and then recover the ball. Maybe on a short field. Maybe get forcing a pick. Maybe forcing a fumble. Even if they put it back to me, maybe I'm close to the fifty and drive it in that way, or rather risk giving the opposite side really good field position. Analysts can't tell you that. Only a head coach can tell you that.
3: Yeah, and I'm keeping my eye on it because I've been listening to these these guys talk about, and I feel like there's more behind the scenes. To this, and, and and Johnny Dolan, what's going on? I see you in the chat, and we're gonna get into it. We're getting into real quick. We're gonna break down our kind of our thoughts as how this is gonna pan out. Um, how do you guys think this AFC East is going to pan out? Quick.
5: Uh, very simply. Um, I understand everybody's a little concerned about Josh Allen and his injuries, and the and the Jets upsetting the Bills is really interesting. However. Calm the freak down, Karens, okay? <laughs> Josh Allen has played hurt before. Every year, there's always a one great upset. This was a great upset, and I'm a person who hates the Jets, so my hat's off to the Jets. You guys played lights out football. If you can do that, the other 16 games in a row, you may actually make the playoffs, but you can't because you suck, okay? The AFC is going to be competitive for the wild card only. The division belongs to Buffalo. The Super Bowl is going through Buffalo this year. Buffalo had a bad week. Okay. They were getting cocky. Josh Allen was getting cocky. The uh, Bills Mafia was getting cocky. They had their wake-up call. They're going to take care of business. Now, your thoughts? The, AFC the wild East? cards, God only knows.
3: Yeah, they, they were saying both teams could come out that AFC East the way this is going. You got yeah. three teams yeah. at six, six wins. And the Patriots are one, win behind with five. That, right. That's crazy. R-squared?
4: Yeah. I do think anything can happen in the AFC East to, to, determine, you know, who wins the division and who makes the wild cards and it very well can be too. Uh, I I'll say this, that division belongs to the bills until somebody else wins it. And uh, you know, I, I don't know the extent of Allen's injury, how many games he may miss and that could obviously change the analysis. Um, and, and, even if they still win the division, maybe they don't win home field advantage in the AFC if he's out for you know, a certain period of time. They may have to go back to Kansas City as opposed to Kansas City having to play in Buffalo. And, you know, that's going to be a big difference. I mean, Kansas City's not a warm place, but, you know, January in uh, Buffalo is quite different. So, you know, it could come down to uh, home field advantage in the AFC if he's out for a while. Uh, you know, this was a game they couldn't afford to lose, and they did. I realize he got hurt at the end. It shouldn't have been that close at the end in the first place. So, you know, it'll be interesting, you know, looking at the other teams. I mean, anything can happen with the Patriots. They're an unknown quantity, uh, but they have the capacity to certainly keep winning. The the Dolphins, you know, their defense lets them down. I mean, they, 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 they play defense for the fourth quarter. That's about it. And the offense is able to score enough points that the defense can't blow it. Uh, so I'm not sure Miami has staying power to win the division or, you know, if they make a wild card to win a playoff game, because you can't give okay. up 30 points every week if you're going to be a playoff caliber team and the Dolphins can't seem to stop, you know, they can't seem to stop anything on defense until the fourth quarter, which is a great time to play defense, but, you know, it's going to catch up with them. And, uh, you know, so the Jets, you know, I just don't see it. I don't think they're as good as their record. So it's really, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I would say it's the Bills until they lose.
3: I know they're happy that Miami is making some noise and winning games because they, they with Portugalova playing the way he has been, that whole controversy of the concussions behind the NFL because they brought it back up and people were letting it die. And now they're winning games and people are happy. Um, the rest of the league is pretty much bunched up um, other than the NFC South, which is a dumpster fire. There's no team above 500 in the NFC South. Um NFC North, the Vikings are pretty much holding it down. And I believe all three of us had picked the Vikings, take that conference. AFC North, as we thought, is a dog fight. Um, the Steelers we knew would be at the bottom, so we nailed it on that. AFC South kind of had the Titans um being that team. AFC West, we nailed that one with the exception of Denver. We thought Denver would kind of be in this race, but Russell Wilson has been horrible. Um, NFC West, the Seahawks are at the top of that. We, I, I, I had felt that San Fran, but the other big news is Rob's division, his Giants coming out of that NFC East. My son's Eagles are eight and but they've had some teams that they've luckily have gone up at it at the right time. But you've got the Eagles at eight and have got the Giants at six and two, Cowboys at six and two, and the Washington Commanders at four five. And we know that every time the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants play that you know that anything can happen but how do you feel about your giants right now and, and what are your thoughts heading into this second half of the season you've got some tough games coming up right you schedule, the rest of the giant schedule
4: yeah i mean obviously the giants losing to dallas at the beginning of the season set an important tone to not get too carried away with the six and two record when they've had a fairly weak schedule uh here's the thing about the, the giants their defense has stepped up this year. They're doing a good job keeping them in games. Jones still doesn't have the, the level of protection that he needs. And their whole offense is Saquon Barkley. And so what's been happening, the reason that they they got beaten pretty badly in the last game was because they were triple teaming Barkley, daring anybody else to make a play. And with the exception of Jones doing a couple of scrambles, they didn't have anybody else. People were dropping passes. People, So, you know, look... I I give props to Ken who actually predicted the Giants were going to win the division. I didn't, I didn't go that far. Uh, I'm not saying they will, because I still think it's Phillies to lose. I don't see Philly not winning that division. They're just too strong. Uh, The the Giants could very well make the playoffs, but they're going to get their ass kicked in in the first round of the playoffs if they do, because they just don't have the offense. You've got to score points. You've got to. And And if, and if a team, even a weak team like Jacksonville or somebody can just shut down Uh, Saquon Barkley and they've got nothing who who are you going to beat you're going to lose two to the Eagles you're going to lose two to Dallas Uh, you know they'll split with Washington maybe I I was very impressed that they beat Baltimore they have beat a couple of good teams but they're not consistently good enough so let's see if they can figure out the offense I mean they just dumped you know Kadarius Tony they've got wide receivers still out I don't know who they're supposed to throw the ball to so we'll see what happens as they get healthy they're starting to have players come back now
3: Ben, anything to add on the NFCs?
4: Yeah, real
5: simple. Uh, first of all, if you had told me the Eagles are, Eagles were are going to be 8-0 th- at this point in the season, I would have, would have uh, fitted you out for a nice white jacket with no sleeves. <laughs> I don't know what they're feeding those boys in Philadelphia, but whatever it is, can I get some? That being said, I think the Giants, I think Rob's correct, they've been inconsistent. However, there are two things that I think people are not Paying enough attention to the Giants about number one is their defense. Their defense has been lights out this year, uh, and that's got brought them in, into games where they shouldn't have been. The other thing is their special teams. The special teams is a Rodney Dangerfield football teams. They've got they get no respect, but they are absolutely critical in all the games. If you look at the special teams play the Giants, if it's not the best in the NFL, it's in the top two. Name one team that's better at the special teams than, than the Giants are right this year. Their field goal kicking is incredible. Their punt coverage is been incredible. They are they are making people's lives miserable on both kickoffs, kick returns, and punts. So I really think the Giants, if they can get a little more healthy, and I agree with Rob, they need to start developing a better offense other, other than Mr. Barkley. All due respect to him, you can see that you can see them going in a deep playoff run. I don't think this will bound this year, but I must respectfully disagree. I think the G-men are going to get out of the first round. What happens after that? God only knows. But I think they're going to definitely get out of the first
3: round. It'd be interesting. We're going to get into the Biden bombshells oh, here. By the way,
5: uh, one other thing, Rob, your G-men only have one more job this season I care about, okay? They're playing Dallas again. <laughs> they need to crush them, okay? I don't care. Do whatever you have to do. Get those people on the phone and get the job <laughs> done. My <laughs> root for the Giants is Two times
3: a year, I'm a giant fan. <laughs> Getting into the Biden bombshells uh, while we got these guys on and we're going to be closing out the show. We've got our Trump supporters, crazy Trump supporters showing up at some of these Democratic rallies. Um, Ken shared a clip from Obama. There's no need to even get into this, but Obama handled these hecklers the best. Said, so Don't boo. Don't get mad. Vote. Today is Tuesday, election day. Stop all the foolishness, Obama said. Focus and vote. No matter what your party lines are, vote. And as we discussed on the show uh, a few weeks ago in Arizona, they were actually they went back and forth over this. A judge had said that these guys could go and stand around voting booths. Another judge said no, they can't. They can't be there with their gun and and be intimidating happening and other judge um, but Arizona today has been plagued with 17 voting machine um, I guess what it is is one of the voting machine you put your ballot in and it slides in it was going off cockeyed which means probably a roller or something right and they weren't getting counted as a but eventually they would have gotten counted um, because they have to still manually count and check these ballots Um, But, of course, the 17 machines has turned into, I don't know what it's, the far right has turned into almost every machine. They're already out there saying that that the coup is in again and blah, blah, blah. But, again, Ken, I'll let you start off first. You've been at the voting machine, done this work. You know what goes into it. You know how fast they call somebody out to fix a machine if they have an issue with it. Yeah, it's very
5: similar. First of all all of these places have multiple voting machines and there are always voting machines in reserve that they can bring out. They can swap out all the time. They're monitored all the time. People forget that in addition to the neutral people running the polling stations, virtually all of them are volunteers. People who take time out of their schedule just to man the polling machines. All the major parties have poll watchers that are actually in the room watching this whole thing down. You can't pull a stunt like they're accusing people. There's too many people watching. I mean, I think you know, the most watched event in the United States right now is the Super Bowl. The second most watched event is polling. So this, yes, there were problems. There, here's the thing. There are always problems. Why? These are mechanical devices. They break down. They get jammed. They get overloaded. So Mr. One, how many years have you worked in the, um, for the transportation industry, right? I've been in the years? transportation
3: industry for 30 years. And when I heard this story, the first thing I thought of was I said, well, somebody is going to answer because you have to make sure the voting machines are at 100% and working correctly. So right. obviously, someone probably didn't do what they were supposed to do. Knowing that. So I'm pretty sure somebody's going to catch hell. Yeah, over yeah the they fact are. That some rollers were that's my point. Whatever,
5: in your experience, th- machines break down, Things right? Break. Yes, they well do. How well you maintain yes. them. They break down. It's just a lot, and you, x amount of, you know you put x amount of machines on the road, you know, over y time, the z factor is that they're they're going to break down eventually. Someplace somewhere, they're going to break down. But if you look at the numbers that are breaking down, it's less than one percent. That's pretty darn good.
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was seventeen, and in this county, they said that accounted for um, that tw- accounted for twenty percent right in that town.
5: county. But look in at the county. entire yeah. state. Yeah. How that's many machines right. are breaking exactly. down 1%. over the entire yep. state? And then how many machines are breaking down nationwide?
3: I squared. Anything you want to add to that? Cause I want to talk about your, your article that you wrote.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the absolute truth on voting machines. That's the issue. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a nuisance. It gets fixed. That's it.
3: But it, so we're getting into this thing with you because you, you wrote this article, but this voting machine thing and how they jump on this and then they, spin it and then they have these people believing. That's been your big your biggest pet peeve talk to you, uh, Rob, is that this is the scary tone because you I'll let you speak on but this is the
4: scariness of this.
3: These people take this in and then they believe it and then they run with it.
4: Like it's the- Yeah. You know, there there's a fine line with what is protected speech and political speech is the heightened most protected speech t- traditionally and, and what's not protected. And so certainly you could say, why are people allowed to lie and exaggerate? Why are they allowed to say things about, you know, because in in politics, they get away with the heightened level of freedom of speech to ensure that we can carry on the nation's business and debate and do all these things that we're not doing very well right now. However, there is a line, and what's been happening in recent years, in my view and there are certainly arguments from the ACLU against what I have to say and, and other organizations, but I do not believe that what's happening is protected free speech or even under the political speech analysis. I think that you can certainly, you can certainly lie about some, some things. You can certainly put your spin on things, you can certainly whatever. But when you intentionally and recklessly lie, and not just to lie for the sake of lying but to lie to bring down our democracy to cause violence to cause people to lose faith these are acts of sedition these are things that can be considered criminal and so you know, there is a fine line and i so i don't think so when people say well we can't do anything about it well i think we can i think we simply lack the will as a nation to do it nobody wants to set the precedent of prosecuting people for you know going around spreading what they know what they know are false you know uh, uh election stealing conspiracies and stuff like that and you know again it's one thing if they were doing it for a reason that would be ne- less nefarious it might be harder to take action but when you're doing it to bring down democracy to end democracy as we know it to get people into violence to support either violent acts to stop the government or to even support a fascist overthrow, an authoritarian <clears> overthrow, <throat> That these are all acts of sedition. And I don't think that they're fully protected. And so even if they are, I mean, that's not what I necessarily wrote about. I didn't write about freedom of speech in my pieces. No, no, we, talk- we're going to
3: get into what you just wrote about. Yeah, okay,
4: we're what, get what into I that. did write about <laughs> was the reprehensible nature of this tactic, which is probably what I should have just been talking about. I just wanted to make the free speech comment because I don't think that it's absolutely protected. I think there's a fine line, but, but let me, I, I know Ken wants to get in on this. Let me just say yeah, sure. the piece that I was writing was not about free speech. It was about how reprehensible and and, and dangerous, the tactic is about doing things like, you know, what they know to be false election stealing, what they know to be false claims of certain things, knowing that the violence that we're experiencing is exactly what's going to happen. Sorry, Ken, go ahead. No, no, I didn't want to
5: interrupt That's why I was raising my hand. Um, if I may continue Rob's train of thought, There's something called the Primsell Line Test in free speech. The Primsell Line comes from a British Navy tradition that says that if water got above a certain line in the ship, the ship was lost. It was was designed by a man named Primsell, who was a British shipbuilder. The theory is your speech is protected up in the point where it endangers the public. For example, to make the famous quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes, Associate Justice Supreme Court. Freedom of speech does not allow you to yell fire in a crowded movie house. You can't make up stories and claim free speech. No, I'm sorry, you can't. I can't go out there and say Rob Resnick convorts uh, convorts with goats, okay? It's simply not true. I'm accusing Rob of bestiality. I can't claim, well, that's my free speech. No, it's not. I have made an accusation I know to be false, and I can be held responsible even if I'm doing it in like, say, an opinion piece on the corridor or on our show. I'm sorry. No, there's a line. You can't cross it. So all of these folks who are claiming, for, no, no, you don't have the right to uh, spin conspiracy theories, especially when they are hidden dog whistles to violence. I'm sorry. No, we've never tolerated that. We never will tolerate it. And we never should tolerate it. You have an honest disagreement about how the country is being run? Fine. Great. Publish an article, go on YouTube, make a TikTok video, buy a billboard, organize a protest. No one is going to stop you. Hell, I'll even help you if you need need the help. But what what you cannot be tolerated and what is not legal is making facts up that you know or should know to be false. I'll give you a prime example. The January 6th protests. When they came down to D.C. to stop the steal, they were fine. The moment they got into trouble, they only got into trouble when? What did they do? When they walked in the Capitol. That's the moment they stepped on the line. If they stayed outside the Capitol and waved the flags and claimed Trump was president and stopped the steal and Mary, and Nancy Pelosi did a coup, a coup, Rob and I would be defending them to the hilt. Because we say, we disagree with you, but you were, doing, you were doing a legitimate protest. What we get angry at. And I think what you're getting angry at, since the One, is when they walked in and they did physical violence to people and tried to prevent the lawful administration of government
3: to it certifying the election. Some people don't seem to get that, and we saw this ugliness with Paul Pelosi's situation, um, where you know they were saying that these guys were gay lovers, and it was just sheer lies, and it was coming out of respected people. So. Lauren Bobert, I can't stand her. MTG, I can't stand her. They all, it was just so upsetting to see these certain Republicans come out and and just work out there of lies and just, I get it, you don't like Nancy Pelosi. I understand, you don't like Nancy Pelosi. But this was a scary situation. You're talking political violence at the high levels. This is scary, and every Republican should... Like, yeah we're not we're not gonna do this. And, and I, I think it's scary and, and Rob you also wrote this story on the corridor right now of fact-checking the real deal behind the IRS agents because certain members of the Republican Party are pushing whole agenda about guys were hired to come after middle class and poor people oh really if common sense no they brought these IRS agents in to start catching all these First of all, they defrauded COVID funds. Like, at five, these rich people. Part of that is to catch some of this stuff. You know, because you wrote this piece. I've got you to talk.
4: Well, you have to remember, the IRS has been gutted multiple times, significantly during the Trump administration, because he hates the IRS, as we all know. Uh, not not that it's, you know, not that it's their fault that people want to see his tax returns, but nevertheless, you know, uh, but but it was gutted even before that, because that's just been a, a Republican poison pill. Whenever they want a deal in a budget, they cut the IRS and then the Democrats give in so they can get something they want. And so the IRS was below even grossly minimal levels that they need to be able to do their job. And they have, you know, whether you like paying taxes or not, nobody wants to pay more taxes than we want, than we need to. But at the end of the day, we want everybody to pay what they owe so that we don't have to pay more than what we're supposed to. And the IRS does a lot of different things. They're not just out there doing agents. And so the, the, the key pieces to this lie, first, they said that they hired 87,000 agents to go do audits and raids. Not true. They're not agents. Some of them will be agents. Most of them will not be agents. There are other things that the IRS has. So that was just a, a complete falsehood. Secondly, they said that the plan was, of course, you know, do all these audits and raids on, you know, small businesses and, and middle class and working families. Duh. Like, first of all, why would you do that? I mean, if you don't know that that's a lie from the get go, I mean, there's no reason to do the IRS has never done that. There's no political reason to do that. You're, you're going to lose votes if you ever did that. No, that's not what it is. First of all, they're, they're there to the, the IRS is being restored to its original strength. They're not even growing the agency, which some people think because of the hiring. They are hiring people. It's to restore the numbers of the agency to what it was. They're not getting an increase. They're getting back to what they needed and they they need more, but this is to get them back to where they were before the Trump cuts. And the other thing is that if they engage in audits because they're up to strength and able to do their job, they're required to do audits. If you paid your taxes, the audit is fast and there's nothing to worry about. If you cheat, if you commit felony, if you defraud the United States government and all the American taxpayers, then you might have something to worry about. And guess who's worried about it? The mega wealthy, the big corporations, and the big <laughs> individuals who, for generations, don't pay their fair share of taxes. They hide assets. They exploit loopholes, which, which is legal to do, unless you, unless you do it in a legal manner, and some of them do. So the only reason that they're afraid of this, the only reason that they want The IRS gutted the way they did was to prevent them from being audited. These are people who don't believe that they should be paying taxes, that only the little people, so to speak, should be paying taxes. They don't think they should pay taxes. They say that they're creating wealth through their investments, through their job growth, through whatever, and they shouldn't have to pay anything. It's a load of crap. Um, Everybody pays. Everybody's a member of society. Everybody pays whatever the percentage is that we pay. And. The fact that they, you know, lie, cheat, and their way, cheat out of the, out of paying taxes is is the issue here, and they get away with it for decades. I'm not a Bernie Sanders guy. I'm not seeing the Bernie Sanders party line, but this is what he talks about in a different kind of way. I'm talking about it in a more specific fraud kind of way, but um, you know, this is this is the issue. This is the problem that we have, and so you know, Republicans will do anything to you know to gut the IRS to prevent their cronies, their wealthy cronies, from being audited. By the way, that audit might include to see improper political spending. Wouldn't that be fun to see that? So, it, you know, that's the problem. Ooh. And, uh, oh, breaking news Maura Healy has
3: won. Associated Press has called the race for Maura Healy. No surprise here. That's not a surprise. <laughs> and, uh,
4: no, it's not. She Mar- was expected to win. I don't yeah. think that's a surprise to anybody.
5: Well, I think it's a little surprise they called it this early. They were expecting Deal to put up a bit, bit more of a fight. But the last couple really? of weeks, okay, yeah. Well, when he, here was the problem, when he initially came out, he was running like a Charlie Baker Republican. You know, socially liberal, fiscally conservative, running on competence, and he was getting his ass kicked. So then he took a hard. He took a during the last couple of actually, it's more than a couple of weeks. I should say, starting in August. He started quoting the Trump voters and he just fell yeah. off the cliff. I thought he was full Trump from the beginning. I didn't realize no, that no. was a late shift. No, it was a basic late shift. He was he, in the beginning, he said he was more of you know paying lip service to Trump. Yeah, he was our party leader, he was our president. Well, let you know that's national politics. Let's concentrate on what, what's good for Massachusetts. And unfortunately, that message didn't resonate with the moderate voters and was alienated the Trump in the party and of course Democrats. Didn't like him for that. If I may say, so going back to uh, Rob's point, number one.
3: 27%.
2: 27%. Yeah,
5: yeah. Let me go uh, to Rob's point. I think what we need to understand, there's a difference between someone who's employed by the IRS and someone who's an agent for the IRS. And there's a big difference. The IRS is a is a law enforcement agency. People don't realize that. They, are, they have law enforcement functions. They can arrest you if they want to for tax evasion they have been essential in prosecuting people for criminal tax uh, avoidance. Most of the time that's dealing with organized crime, mafia, RICO cases. Those IRS agents are an investigative arm of the IRS. They are maybe, maybe on a good day, 3% of the IRS. The vast majority of IRS people are accountants, auditors, programmers, they are not law enforcement. They are just people doing, you know, processing your returns, answering questions, writing manuals, doing all the o- other stuff that you have within the IRS, including administrative law judges and stuff like that. I am a full Bernie Sanders guy. I know Rob is it, but I am. And no, for the past 50 years, not 50 years, uh, 40 years, yeah, since Ron the Ray Gun came in there has been the greatest amount of wealth transfer from the middle class to the 1%. And the way you do that is one is rewrite the tax code and B, make it impossible for people with money to be audited by the IRS. Okay? Now, now we're just, you know, unfortunately, it's getting the fact that the IRS was cut the ball so much that they can't even do their job. That's why these people were hired. Because one of the biggest things the IRS does is, wait for it, Processing tax returns, okay? Now, what's the biggest thing that most people look forward to after filing their tax return?
3: A lot of people have been complaining about the time getting their taxes back in the last few years.
5: Thank you very much. Refund Processing their refunds. And you need those additional people so they can process the refunds so they can pay the checks back to the people. And also, by the way, I hate paying taxes, Okay. Next to going to the dentist and getting my teeth drilled, I think paying my taxes are the worst experience of my life. But if I may again quote the formal Honorable Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, taxes are the price we pay for living in a civilized society. So suck it up, shut up, and write down, write down your check.
3: I need a sound. I got to grab. I, I know I always play sound bites. I got to get the sound bite from one of my most favorite comedic movies of all time. It's a mad, mad, mad world. Jonathan Winters tells, um, I "Who is everybody's? <laughs> when they find the money under the big W, I don't know if hey. you guys have ever seen it's a Mad Mad Mad. World. Oh yeah, God, Are you kidding Great me? Great classic comedy movie of all time. It's amazing for those who just it's it's, it's it's visual, the writing. Um, oh, oh, oh
5: oh come on, it's a Mad Mad with World? the Three
3: Stooges as the firemen. <laughs> it's just." At its best, um, guys. It's been great having you on. Um, the numbers, as we thought, we had said the numbers. Nothing. would really really um, some of those races that we're looking to get some answers from. We're not. We're not going to know for Georgia. a couple of days. Some of those at races: Georgia, Pennsylvania. We're looking to see. Um, hoping that some of these, because I just can't believe that Herschel Walker is a threat still. I'm really that one. It's just it's just insane. So I'm gonna let these guys go around the horn, say what they gotta say, and get out of here. I'm gonna start with our square tonight. Yeah, thank you. Oh, for hold checking. on, I got it's- one more. I got one more. Ukraine invasion. No. Let me blast this out. Um Zelensky is keeping his eye on the midterms. He says, regardless of who wins, he hopes that the Republicans will still support and back the Ukraine fight. Um, your thoughts on that one, Ken, since you're the military guy, do you think if these Republicans think that they would stop that support? I mean, President Biden still has the overall pay. He's still-
5: I th- I think they're going to make Biden pay for it. I think what they're going to do is they're going to they're gonna hold it hostage for something they want on the legislative agenda. They know Biden can't back away from Ukraine, so they're going to use it as a blackmail or a chit to get something else they want to this to, is a
3: u.n this is a u.n thing now right ask i'll let you you're you're the military guy I thought
4: yeah there's no there's no united nations issue at this point you've got uh you know right now ukraine is on its own other than what the, you know nato and other countries are willing to give it while it's fighting russia iran and, and some other you know china too is helping so you know, it, it, this, this thing is on the verge of, of getting bad or it's on the verge of stalling for the winter. There are a lot of things that can still happen. You know, the, the Ukrainians were making some progress recently, but quite frankly, if you look at the percentage of territory, they really haven't. I mean, they've taken some key cities back, which is, which is great, and it's much better than losing territory, but Russia still occupies a lot of their territory. So it, it's hard to say exactly what's going on. Fiscally speaking, we have invested, you know, a lot of money and there is a legitimate discussion that needs to be had about how much money, right? I mean, that, that that's what you want the leadership to have an intelligent conversation over, you know, not not publicly because we can't tell the enemy, but, you know, so that we know just how much money we can provide them and how much money we need to help them get from other sources. That said, there is no national security justification for the argument about not supporting them. Of course we need to support them. And and it's going to be costly. It's going to be way more expensive than we ever thought we would do, but you can't stop now because not only did Russia, you know, violate international law in starting this invasion and not only do they have very dangerous world ambitions and all the reasons in the first place, but ever since the invasion, the amount of war crimes and atrocities that they have amassed in this thing makes it all the more important now to not do it. Even if we weren't sure about it up front, the way that they've acquitted themselves with the atrocities, now we can't stop. Even if we otherwise thought maybe it's enough is enough with our money already, uh, we can't stop now. So it, it's it's interesting. And if Republicans want to play that game, I think the American people will eventually see through it. Yes, there's an argument to be made that we don't want to give away our money. We're suffering. you know. We don't want to give money. But at the same time, when the Republicans try to uh, do this and it's clear that their motivation is not fiscal and their motivation is not national security interest in the United States. Their motivation is the pro Putin. It's the it's the Russia caucus. Right. It's the Russia wing all over again. The Russia caucus. And many times uh, on the show. Yeah. And, you know, what uh, I I forgot who coined the phrase, but the surrender caucus, the the surrender caucus, we we, we should just give up when things are difficult. And so they want to give up. Um, I don't believe in surrender, quite frankly, you fight till you can't fight anymore because, you know, if you're Ukraine, because if you're Ukraine, your country's gone if Russia takes over. There is no friendly government going to be installed. There is no, you know, freedom that they enjoy right now under Putin's, uh, you know, uh, authoritarianism, uh, and, and he's even more brutal on other, you know, other countries that they that they take over. So if you're Ukraine, you've got to fight to the very to the very end and whatever it takes, and uh, and and you've got to scare Russia out of this commitment because Russia's not giving up either.
3: And before we get out of here, I actually have one quick question for Rob. Um, we, we've talked about keeping our eye on. Why? Um, North Korea, South Korea. Um, these last couple of weeks, North Korea and South Korea have kind of been going back and forth. missile launchings, um, And, you know, they've, they've been really keeping an eye on it. It's been really low key, below the radar news. Only sites are covering it. But it's one of those things that I've been keeping my eye on. Because China has been waiting in the wings to see. What doing. Just kind of what your thoughts are, your opinion is on that one. I was kind of waiting for something to come on the corner about this.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's th- there's nothing really to to say there. There are two things. One is throughout the history of the conflict, since the uh, since the armistice and, uh, you know, the unofficial end of cessation. And, uh, you know, what, what are we talking about? Seventy years ago. Uh, yeah. There have been numerous incursions by the north into the south, numerous acts of aggression. Both sides have usually kept it in check. They respond, there's some bullets exchanged, there's some hostilities exchanged, there have been some deaths, but both sides have kept it in check when that happens because the South doesn't want to reinitiate a full-blown war. If the North is just playing some very dangerous games, if they could just show them they mean business and, and stop it at that. And with the backing of the United States, they've been able to do that because they know that we're there if it's not something that you know can just stop right away. But what happened recently is a little bit different. It's a little bit different. This is a little bit more aggressive than what we've seen from the North during the 70 year period that I'm talking about. And so it, there is a good reason to be a little bit more concerned about it. Uh, we have, you know, what South Korea knows is that we have their back. Uh, we've had United States bombers, you know, our the bombers went in the sky. It wasn't just the Koreans. We, we launched bombers from all over the uh, Pacific to get in the sky and be ready to retaliate on South Korea's behalf if the North was actually planning something. And the South knows it and the North knows it. And so, you know, what made them launch this barrage of missiles? Did it have to do with the midterms because they want the Republicans back in? Because obviously, you know, Kim misses his boyfriend, Trump. And uh, well, they wrote love letters to each other. They wrote love letters to each other. I didn't. I'm not making this up. Oh, no, we know. We know all about it. So I'm not being, you know, inappropriate. I'm quoting the former president. But anyway, uh, you know, it'll be interesting because clearly, you know, they've been developing their their nuclear capability. We know that that's been going on for a long time. And, you know, without China's support, there's not much we can do. And when, you know, when Xi feels that he's impervious, that he can be president for life, you know, then they're not going to cooperate. They're not helping us anymore. So when you ask me what's going to happen with it, I don't know. North Korea has has you know a green light from China because China's not exercising any control. They, don't, they can't control them. That's a bad word. They're not exercising any influence. They're not trying to help diffuse the situation. And so the United States is there saying, hey, we got South Korea's back again. So, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, hopefully it's calmed down again, but uh, we're there and ready.
3: Well, I know the U.S. has sent um, the George Bush, the USS George Bush, is um, just to kind of let people know that, hey, we're, we're headed there. That's one of the newest aircraft carriers. Um, so business then. And anything you want to add, add out of here? No, I think Rob said it
5: more succinctly and more elegantly than I ever could. So I'll go with Rob.
3: Stuff. All right, guys, I want to thank everybody for tuning in the show, checking it out with us tonight, and hanging out with us tonight. And Dog Joopy, obviously, I want to thank everybody for checking out the show with us. And um, I think I do have some stuff. I got to bring up some events coming up real quick. The shows that I produce, Maddie sees involved with. Uh, Boston Music Awards, Videographer of the Year nominee, Scott Cendinato, who did Viana Marie's video. Make sure to please vote for him. Also, the IGY6, as I mentioned, was a great hit. Thank you for everybody who came out. I was the DJ that night. Richard Fitz came out and did the national anthem. Veterans Day Parade, yes. Again, thank you to all of our veterans. The Veterans Day Parade is Friday afternoon, 10 o'clock in Brockton. Please come out, show your support of our veterans on Friday. Also... Deanna Marie will be performing at the Very Boom Squad Christmas event, which is December 9th. All toys will be donated to CFC Operation Christmas. Also, Kevin Jeffries' Bars will be live this weekend, 7 p.m. and get your Zoom link. Check this Bars event out. Brotherhood and also, Mark's Army Book. October 20th, this event started. It runs... Um, they need books to be dropped off to 48 Lodge Street. These books are going to be shipped out to um, those who are deployed, those who are active and deployed, uh, for them to read. So it's a good one. And um, we appreciate it. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for hanging out with me. I'm going to let you guys say your goodbyes. I'm going to start with Ken first. Guys will be back the first week of December 1st. And
5: okay, I want to thank everyone, all of our listeners, all 12 of you, 12 of you. Hopefully, everyone hearing us tonight has already voted. If not, your polls are still open. Please vote. Remember, the first obligation of the citizen of the republic is to stay active in civic affairs. That's Thomas Jefferson, by the way, in case you're wondering. Also, for all of the all of you who have served in our armed forces. Thank you, and please have a happy and safe Veterans Day, which is this Friday. Till next month, be safe. I'll talk to you guys on the, on the
4: flip side.
3: It's going to be Happy Thanksgiving to you. So, uh, ask with.
4: Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Happy Thanksgiving in advance. Let's hope it is a happy Thanksgiving. A lot of things need to be worked out, a lot of things can happen, as I always say, but never more important than now. Stay informed.
3: Yeah, definitely. Definitely stay informed, people. And, and, you know, again, if your polls are still open, vote. Doesn't matter who you're voting for, vote. Nothing more worse than coming out here and debating and all this stuff, and then you say you don't vote and then be mad because your vote wasn't counted because you didn't vote. You know what I'm saying? So please, please, doesn't matter. Make sure to vote. I want to thank everybody again for tuning in and um, supporting us. Not much, really. We're heading, we're heading into the end of the year. I'm going to be taking the last two weeks off, as usual. Got Thanksgiving coming up. These guys won't be on until December. And um, as we get ready to get out of here, I want SpongeBob to do me a favor and take us home.
2: Well, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One.
1: I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, meh. You guys, meh. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever. Yeah, you know we bang. I miss. Those days, which was easy. If only I made it. Don't no repeat. Now that I've been upgraded, I've been upstated. Y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now. For these weak hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing. Cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. Cause I got my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fuss and fight, and guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W H O O B A Z O O,
2: that's it, wizard.com. Get your website, get your go website, get your website, your website.